0: that are collected is just a drop in the bucket, you know, when we're talking about plastic pollution and, you know, at the Alliance, we know that beach cleanups aren't, you know, the final or total answer to this problem. Uh, But the data collected through the program is providing valuable information to researchers and policymakers working on this issue. But moreover, cleanups bring this issue into public light and make people more aware of issues facing the Great Lakes Plastic pollution is a great example of public awareness influencing policy and behavior change. So individuals, they've been learning more, they've been making changes in their own lives, they've been talking more about plastics with their friends and family, and it's directly influenced society's collective consciousness on this issue. Hello,
1: and welcome to Lakes Chat. I'm your host, Jennifer Kadic, with the Alliance for the Great Lakes. In today's episode, we're chatting with Julianne Krupa, the Alliance's Volunteer Engagement Manager. Julianne leads our volunteer programs, most notably the Adopt-a-Beach program, which connects with thousands of volunteers across the Great Lakes region each year. Today, we're chatting about our big day of action for the Great Lakes, September Adopt-a-Beach, which was held earlier this month. We'll also chat more broadly about beach cleanups, plastic pollution, and volunteerism around the Great Lakes region. Welcome back, Julianne. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for chatting. So thousands of volunteers went out across the Great Lakes. I think we had volunteers on all five lakes about a week or so ago, Saturday, September 17th, for our annual September Adopt-a-Beach event. And that's the biggest day of action for the lakes each year. Give us a few highlights
0: of this year's events. Yeah, just like you mentioned, September Adopt-a-Beach is the most important day of action for the Great Lakes through the Adopt-a-Beach program. Thousands of adopt beach volunteers clean and celebrate the Great Lakes as part of International Coastal Cleanup, which is a global event held on the third Saturday of September each year. Uh, this year, we had around 100 and over 150 cleanups in September, 80 of which happened on September 17th um, on all five lakes and <clears throat> included about 3,500 volunteers all on that single day, which is awesome. That's awesome. Um, give us a
1: sense of like who participates, like who are the kind of people that volunteer, coordinate cleanups, and what kind of reaction do you get from volunteers at these events?
0: Yeah, you know, the, the type of people and groups that participate is really diverse. You know, we have community and faith groups that go out, families, businesses, lots of schools and teachers um <clears throat> alumni organizations we've even got there's a, a surf club in cleveland that will will give you a free surf lesson if you show up for the cleanup uh, we've got you know scuba divers even a professional mermaid um, so all kinds of groups are coming out to, sh- to show their support of the great lakes um, and it's really hard to pick a few to highlight um, but there i've really been enjoying these past uh over the past week or so hearing the stories trickle in, seeing the photos, uh, we had, I'll just tell a couple stories um, that stuck out to me. We had uh, a great group of people from an organization called Gleams, which is the Great Lakes Educators of Aquatic and Marine Science. They coordinated um, Adopt-a-Beach cleanups with their chapter um, on all five lakes as well. We had new participation this year from Manitowoc Public Library. They uh, got involved with uh, Nerd Patrol and are doing the Adopt Beach cleanup uh, as well with their library community. Uh, But then moreover, we just have dedicated individual team leaders Um, and we've loved seeing the pictures that these team leaders have shared with us. Uh, We were able to send new hanging scales to all of our team leaders this year um, and we had a longtime team leader Carol. In uh, Onakama, Michigan, with the Portage Lake Garden Club, she sent us a picture of her using her new scale, along with her like old bathroom scale that she had been bringing out to the beach for years and years to weigh her trash. Um, so all kinds of all kinds of groups and individuals really all come together uh, to make September Adopt the Beach what it is.
1: That's awesome, and I want to follow up on the the Manitowoc group there in Wisconsin. You said that they participate in Nerdle Patrol. Tell, explain to our listeners what that what that means.
0: Yeah, nurdle patrol is a a project out of Texas that some researchers um, are using citizen science to help study the presence of nurdles. Nurdles are very small pieces of plastic. They're actually sort of the the raw material for plastic. So if um, a manufacturer is wanting to make a straw or a plastic lid, they'll get a bunch of these nurdles in this raw form, and then they'll melt them all down and press them into whatever plastic item that they're making. Uh, And so the Manitowoc Public Library is bringing this research project to the Great Lakes um, and helping or seeing if they're finding any of these raw plastic nurdles wash up on shore. Um, They may find their way to the Great Lakes from, from spills from ships, spills from where they're manufactured or just from moving around from place to place. Um, So they're getting their community involved in that project, uh, as well as the Adopt-a-Beach program, cleaning the beach while they're out there uh, looking for noodles.
1: That's awesome. And, you know, there is, um, this relates to some of our policy, plastic policy work, because there is legislation in Congress right now to um, help reduce uh, the amount of nurdles that end up in our waterways. Um, and so folks can uh, check out our action center, greatlakes.org take action. Um, and you can send a letter to your member of Congress. Um, that bill is being led up in the Senate by Senator Durbin from Illinois. So um, thank you to the Senator for his work and everybody who's participated in that. But that's a, a way to participate in addition to the beach cleanup. And, you know, I love the the scales. We did send all of, you know, you mentioned that, that we sent all of our volunteers. They almost look kind of like those, um, like a, like you would use to weigh your um, bag before you go on a big trip so mm-hmm. you don't get charged a fee at the, at the airline check-in counter. Um, but those scales actually are really important because our volunteers are collecting data and telling us how much they um, collect each year but that's a really important part for this year, because we were aiming for a big goal this year. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Last year, so last year in 2021, was the 30th anniversary of the Adopt-A-Beach program. And as we were digging into the data that we'd collected over the life of the program, we realized that the program was approaching uh, a significant milestone and so, you know, beach by beach, team by team, Adopt each Beach volunteers had up to that point removed nearly 465,000 pounds of litter from the Great Lakes uh, since 2003 when we started collecting data. And so, we set a really we set a really big goal for 2022 to as pe- to bring people into the program and to reach half a million pounds of litter collected. Um, And today I'm actually really proud and excited to announce that Adopt-a-Beach reached that half a million pounds milestone. Uh, Everyone who participated in September Adopt-a-Beach really helped put us over the top, but this number is really an achievement that represents the work of nearly 200,000 volunteers over the last 20 years. Um, And so I'm really thankful to all the volunteers that participated um, and expressed their sort of love of the Great Lakes through stewardship in this way Uh, and excited for what this accomplishment can do in terms of shining a spotlight, not only on the dedication of volunteers across the region, but also on the magnitude of the plastic pollution issue.
1: Yeah, that's an incredible, um, an incredible feat. Uh, And, you know, huge shout out to all the volunteers who have participated over the years. You know, sometimes our volunteers say, well, I feel like I didn't do a whole lot, but it adds up. I think this is such a, this whole program is such a great example of small things adding up over time into really big impact. Um, And you mentioned our 30th anniversary of Adopt Beach, which we celebrated last year. And in 2023, that will mark 20 years of us collecting data or volunteers collecting data through the program. And I think that data collection um, is one of the more unique parts of this program, um, particularly here in the Great Lakes region. You know, certainly cleaning up a beach is really important. Um, But tell us a little bit about why it's important for our volunteers to collect data Um, And what's that information telling us?
0: Yeah, the data collection is what makes the Adopt-a-Beach program unique. So when volunteers are going out to the beach, not only are they cleaning the beach and removing litter from the Great Lakes, but they're also collecting information on what they're finding. Uh, And so in turn are becoming not only stewards of the environment, but also community scientists. Uh, And all of that data, like you said, we have data going back now 20 years of coastal litter found on the Great Lakes shoreline. Uh, And all of that data gets entered into our Great Lakes coastal litter database that is used by researchers, policymakers, interested individuals all across the region to help support whatever kinds of projects or advocacy work that they are working on. And the thing that makes the data set really powerful is is not necessarily any one beach um, or any one particular cleanup, but it's this fact that you can look at this problem over the 20 years that we have data. And so you can see some really big trends that provide some helpful information for people working on this plastic pollution issue. Uh, you know, one of the biggest takeaways is that 85 to 90% of the plastic or of the litter being found during adoptive beach cleanups is plastic. And uh, that's just a huge number. Um, And again, goes to help strengthen arguments for people working uh, on plastic pollution issues.
1: Yeah. And, you know, those Adopt-a-Beach volunteers over the past 31 years now um, really have been on the forefront of keeping plastic out of the Great Lakes. Um, But certainly they're they're just one piece of the puzzle because we know it's a huge amount of plastic that goes into the lakes. And it seems like you know, every couple of weeks, there's a new big news article about some new research about the impact of plastic on, you know, the Great Lakes, on water environments, on wildlife, on people. You know, should we, Julianne, should we be concerned about plastic pollution?
0: Absolutely. I think that we're already starting to see the conversation around plastic pollution shift uh, in some ways that, in in some new ways over the last five years Uh, it started to shift a little bit the conversation from you know how plastic infects affects the food chain and the animals that live in our environment and sort of the aesthetics of litter and plastic pollution starting to shift now into how plastic is entering resources like our drinking water how it's affecting human health Uh, and the research and conversations are really just starting on this uh, but I think are going to be really ramping up in the coming years um, as as people start to understand, you know, all this plastic in our environment that doesn't go away uh, is going to start really affecting our communities in, in new and novel ways.
1: Yeah. And I think the issue is such a big, um, certainly it's a big global issue, you know, but we often hear so much about plastic pollution in our oceans, which is a, a critical concern. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the Great Lakes are drinking water for 40 million people. Um, you know, what do you hear from our volunteers about, about their role in this in this issue? Uh,
0: yeah, you know, people, people love to participate in what I call like high impact cleanups where groups collect maybe like 50 or hundred pounds of litter, but, but I actually see some of the strongest reactions from events where, where maybe the total poundage of litter collected is, you know, less than 10 pounds, but it's 10 pounds. That's comprised of these really small pieces of broken down plastic. And that's, again, when I think I see people have sort of like the strongest reaction is when you are asked to look a little bit closer at the beach or, you know, whatever location you're at and you start to see all the little pieces of plastic that are everywhere that really has a staying impact with people. And I think um, shifts their thinking a little bit from not only how, you know, they can change their behavior around like single use plastic items, but um, has a visual of like, how small these plastic pieces break down and how those small pieces might enter, as you say, this unique resource of the Great Lakes that is our drinking water.
1: You know, over the summer, um, you and Olivia Retta, who's also on the Alliance's team working with our volunteer programs, um, did a tour around the region to meet a lot of our volunteers. You know, this year, you know, the Alliance, like a lot of other folks, we're sort of getting back into a new normal um, as, as we've all adapted to COVID and, and everything else that's happened over the past couple of years. Um, so tell us a little bit about this tour you guys
0: did. Yeah, we had uh, such an amazing summer. Uh, so as you stated, after two years of pandemic, Olivia and I really wanted to make an intentional effort to get out and connect face to face with people all across the region. The Alliance for the Great Lakes really strives to represent the entire Great Lakes region, which is a huge area that stretches all the way from New York to Minnesota. And so we felt it was really essential to get on the ground in a lot of places, uh, both to reconnect with, with, uh, old partners and to make new connections, but also to hear directly from some of our volunteers about the issues that people are talking about in various regions.
1: And you, know, what did you, what did you learn about our volunteers? Why, you know, why are they getting involved? Why are they participating in these programs?
0: Yeah, it, it, you know, it varies. We learned a lot about what volunteers care about in different areas, and the things that people are talking about uh, in the eastern half of the basin are really different than the issues people are talking about uh, in the western half of the basin, um, and so one of the big takeaways we had that no matter, you know, what the specific issue was, we learned that there are tons of Great Lakes advocates out there. Um, there are so many people that are in, being inspired to advocacy and action um, and people that care really deeply about these places and the this unique resource. And so I think that was sort of the, the common thread that was holding everyone we met together. Um, You know the issues might be varied but what was the same was this sort of sense of pride in place and a realization of how important these lakes are as a resource
1: and tell me a little bit more about that you know i think that you hit on a really important point you know there is this pride in the great lakes region a deep love of our lakes and all the rivers that flow into them Um, but the region is so different i think people who aren't from this area think like oh they're just a bunch of lakes they all kind of look the same Uh, What, tell me a little bit more about some of the differences you saw and heard about.
0: Yeah, um, so the, I mentioned some differences between sort of the eastern and and western half and in the eastern half in like Lake Erie and Lake Ontario, a lot of people were talking about harmful algal blooms, um, which are these huge um, Blooms of algae that happen each in the shallow or warmer waters of Lake Erie and Lake Ontario each summer. Um, that is contributed to agricultural pollution or other runoff um, that causes these the algae to really just thrive. And so a lot of people were talking about that because it poses a threat to to drinking water. Um, it closes they, it closes beach da- beaches down a lot for for swimming, um, and it's pretty aesthetically unsightly. Uh, So that was definitely an issue that that was top of mind for for people there. And we saw that as we were on beaches for cleanups, we saw beaches that um, had large clumps of algae that were washing ashore. Um, In, in the West in Lake uh, Superior, uh, Lake Michigan people were, uh, you know, it's still a really active shipping area, all the Great Lakes are but um, particularly in some of the ports in Lake superior. So there was a lot of talk about, um, how the shipping industry was contributing to invasive species moving throughout the lakes. Um, there was a lot of talk more about industry in general, sort of, um, people wanting to keep the water in the lakes, keep the mineral resources in the lakes. Um, so a reminder again, too, about how, you know, the great lakes are still a really, heavily used source for industry and commerce throughout the region as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating to me just based on, you know, what development, what, what is happening on the lakefront in your area really impacts how your, your perceptions of the lake and mm-hmm. and your view of, of the problems that here at the Alliance we think about on our regional scale. Um, you know, sometimes I get this question and I'm sure you do too. You know, we hear from people that some of these problems just feel so big, right? Plastic pollution or invasive species or whatever, um, and that their volunteer time won't really
0: help. What do you say to that? What do you tell people? Sure, you know, it's true that, you know, half a million pounds of litter collected is just a drop in the bucket, you know, when we're talking about plastic pollution. And, you know, at the Alliance, we know that beach cleanups aren't, you know, the final or total answer to this problem. Uh, But the data collected through the program is providing valuable information to researchers and policymakers working on this issue. But moreover, cleanups bring this issue into public light and make people more aware of issues facing the Great Lakes. Plastic pollution is a great example of public awareness influencing policy and behavior change. Individuals—they've been learning more, they've been making changes in their own lives, they've been talking more about plastics with their friends and family, and it's directly influenced society's collective consciousness on this issue. And I, you know, one of the reasons I think that is is plastics is a really tangible uh, issue that people can latch on to and understand. Um, but I think you know, getting people involved through the Adopt a Beach program is just a great way to continue to have this issue. In the conversation, um, and you know, the public interest in this topic is a trend that I expect to continue. You know, especially as I mentioned, in the coming years, the conversation shifts more towards things like manufacturer responsibility for plastic production and some of the human health implications of plastics.
1: Yeah, you know, I always find there's a funny situation. You and I have talked about this that happens. Uh, with our volunteers sometimes where they show up at a beach and it looks on mm-hmm. the surface looks pretty clean, right? There, is, there, aren't, there aren't big like tires or washing machines or big stuff out there on those beaches. Um, and you mentioned earlier, you know, most of our volunteers are bringing back just those little tiny plastic pieces, what we call tiny trash. Um, and I don't know if you've heard this, but volunteers have said to me, like, once you see it, mm-hmm. that's all they see every time they go to the beach
0: yeah exactly i um like i said i really think that sometimes the most impactful experience is when someone looks is forced to look a little bit closer um and you do start to see see this plastic everywhere and that's one of the main takeaways i hope that people walk away with is that they just start to sort of see all the plastic that we interact with in our day-to-day lives um you know, plastic is is great for a lot of things. And that's why it's become so common, you know, it's durable, it's waterproof, it's able to be sanitized easily. Um, but its utility has really just made it this ubiquitous material. Uh, and I think I've heard I have heard follow up from a lot of volunteers, when they go home that day, they, they start to see all the plastic in their lives too. So both on the beach, uh, and just in interacting as they go about their day with the world. Yeah.
1: You know, even though it's not too late to go out and volunteer as part of Adopt-a-Beach this year, um, the beach cleanup season is winding down uh, where I am. It's pretty chilly today. I'm wearing one of my first sweaters of the season. Um, What can volunteers do over the winter months to stay involved?
0: Yeah, several things. So first of all, even though the season is winding down, the Adopt-a-Beach program is a year-round program. So I always applaud people that Get out there and uh, experience the lakes in the winter. Uh, it's another great season to check out. Um, but you know there are other things that you can do during the winter as well. If you if you don't want to quite brave those winter winds, um, you can always read more about the Adopt a Beach program on our website GreatLakes.org. You can learn more about becoming a team leader uh, if you're interested in hosting your own cleanup, perhaps in the spring. Um, you know, we kick off the season full swing sort of around Earth Day. Uh, You can also check out our action center, like Jen mentioned, um, where there are things you can sign the petition uh, or write your your representatives about the nurdles. You can check out our plastics pledge and share that with your network and friends. Um, And you can keep an eye on some of the other issues that the Alliance is working on, things that I mentioned like um, harmful algal blooms, or clean drinking water as well.
1: Yeah, there's certainly a lot there to keep uh, keep potential volunteers busy for the winter months, for sure. Um, and we can put links to all of those resources on the Lakes Chat page, which is greatlakes.org slash lakeschat. Um, and uh, if you're not already signed up for our email list, you can also do that at greatlakes.org. Um, and Julianne and her team will be keeping everybody up to date on, um, uh, opportunities over the winter and how to get ready for next year's spring kickoff. Um, Hard to believe that we're thinking, I'm just going to skip over winter. I'm going to go right to spring. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much, Julianne, for spending some time with us today. We really appreciate you being here.
0: Thank you so much, Jen. Have a great day.
1: Thank you for listening. On our website, greatlakes.org slash lakeschat, you'll find links to more information about the topics that we talked about today. And you can also sign up for updates to stay in the know about Great Lakes issues and opportunities to get involved. Special thank you to my colleague, Michelle Farley, who produces this podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you'll know when the next episode drops. Talk to you next week.